word to your mother It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends Just a couple of feathery brethren Weathering any season to see The Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut Kicking it cooler than two penguins Still Bo's old arch nemesis Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real Pull up a branch and chill It's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends The early bird skips the worm And prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends Bo Wolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Zach Berman. Zach, how are you? Probably how Mike Grove felt when he was going to that first press conference and all the questions <laughs> were about how great a coordinator Frank Reich was. Um, that is as buttering up as you could possibly get. No, I, I look forward to talking about the Eagles, too. But, uh... <laughs> okay, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Birds with Friends. Employee number one here with employee number three. Zach, I guess I'm employee number two, not employee number one. Anyway, not, how, how you doing? But I am always employee number three. Well, it's just it's chronological. It's not an, it's not an order of uh, of quality. Otherwise, I'd be like you know forty six. How long are are we going with the uh, Joe Judge jokes? As long as he keeps uh, willfully injuring his players. <laughs> uh, I am I am doing well. Excited for this podcast. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a uh, not much of a practice to talk about today. I'm interested to see what you were able to make of your observations after a uh, a walkthrough in the rain, but uh, we'll do that. And uh, I've got a little uh, a bit of a two can you prepared for you, Zach, to test your knowledge of the Seagulls roster. And uh, away we go. It's you know this is day three of ten daily podcasts. Maybe this one doesn't have to be the best one. You know, let's not set expectations too high. Uh, yeah, it, it really was a, uh, a a practice without much to, to discuss. Actually, the the biggest news of practice uh, was who was not there, and and that was Miles Sanders, who was week to week with a lower body injury. And and just to let our listeners know, the reason they go with these hockey designations at this point in the year is the Eagles are not required to give out the full injury uh, report yet. So. Sanders, that would seem to be uh, a worrisome injury, considering it's 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 week to week. Uh, the early word is that it's not something to worry about for week one, which is almost a month away still. Uh, but I guess we'll see as as we get closer. What I will say is I don't think either one of us will be writing about Miles Sanders in our practice observations during this next week and a half. Is that fair to say? I think that's probably right. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where uh, if you're following on Twitter, you get you get everybody tweeting that Miles Sanders is week to week. And then about 10 minutes later, you get everybody saying, but don't worry, like he'll be fine for the regular season. So, um, you know, that's the little how the sausage is made sort of. But uh, it does certainly sound like, you know, the Eagles are ready to put him in bubble wrap. And that makes total sense, you know, assuming that the injury is not that significant. There's nothing you need to see from Miles Sanders that you haven't already seen. It's probably more important to just to just get him to week one than anything else. Agreed. Uh, but the interesting thing, too, is that Boston Scott is, is day-to-day, and the Eagles were already thin at running back. Uh, so that's a position where, as we've asked Deuce Staley, uh, a few weeks ago, he was asked today about adding a veteran back, and he had been, or or he's essentially said they they don't need it. They they like what they have. In today's practice, they had Corey Clement, they had Mike Warren, and they had Adrian Killens, and and Killens has been used as a. Don't forget receiver. about Elijah Holyfield. Yes, I'm sorry, Elijah Holyfield. I I 
should not forget about Elijah Holyfield. That's, that's my fault there. Um, but uh, it really shows the, the lack of experience depth that they have at running back, something to keep your eye on. But as, as, as we've been saying, they, they seem to be okay with this group at this point. Yeah, so today it was like, you know, Clement gets the first shot, but they were still rotating everybody. It doesn't sound like the Boston Scott thing is is serious either. Uh, Killens had been like working a little bit more with the receivers over yep. the first two days of practice than with the running backs. So it was interesting to see him in the backfield a little bit. Uh, he was it looked, seemed to me struggling as a, as a wide receiver um, from my eyes, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that this is that this is a concern. Nor do I think it's the kind of thing where now all of a sudden they have to go out and uh, you know sign Devonte Freeman. Agree with you there. Um, otherwise, um, I'm interested to see what you thought were the the big takeaways. But to me. It was sort of the continuation of something we talked about yesterday with Shield, and um, on Monday, this idea that like Jalen Hurts is going to be brought along slowly seemed to me like he got more reps than Nate Sudfeld today, and this was just a walkthrough. Uh, this was like very low intensity stuff, but he was doing that walkthrough stuff with the second team offensive line for a good portion of it. I I think it's really really a matter of time before he is the backup quarterback. Yeah, so I'm 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 glad you said that, and I I'm sorry I jumped on you earlier at the point you were setting the scene. Uh, it was a walkthrough, and and they did not have pads on, did not have helmets on, so there were no key plays or key performances that that you observed. But it was more the depth chart stuff, and and you're right, Jalen Hurts was getting work with the twos. Uh, Doug Peterson, like we've discussed the past two days says before the first practice that it's going to be a lot of Wentz and a lot of Sudfeld. And Jalen Hurts uh, has been with the twos, has been getting a lot of work. Uh, so, so that's not true. You, you, you saw uh, Daniel Jeremiah said uh, that they love him in the building. Jared, and, and, and some reporters, you know, you, you hear something and uh, it's not as big a deal. Jeremiah is plugged in with the Eagles. He used to work for the Eagles. When he says something with the Eagles, I, I, I put a lot of stock into it. Uh, so it's definitely something to, to, to monitor. And I agree with you that uh, the possibility of, of, uh, of Hertz being number two is, is it's looking more and more likely. And I would compare it, frankly, to the 2012 when it looked like Mike Kafka was going to be the backup quarterback for Michael Vick. And then just as training camp went on, it was fairly clear it needed to be uh, Nick Foles. I think it's also, you know, a little bit analogous with 2016. Like the the uh, pick investment makes it like, why why wait? And and of course that being trading Sam Bradford to uh, let Carson Wentz be the starter. Like it's a little bit different, but like you, you've made the investment, you know, there's no reason, you, you think that he's better, obviously. There's no reason to uh, uh, dance around it. Well, no one's calling you with the first round pick for Nate Sudfeld. That's the difference, I suppose. But but in the spirit of it, yes, you're you're correct. That and and that Jalen Hurts and I think the point Shield made yesterday, and it was in the it was in the social drop and and it, and it's accurate. Like Doug could put an offense together for for Jalen Hurts. Uh, so I I still maintain that, and this isn't my opinion. This is this is more based on the way the coaching staff thinks that if something happens mid game they like the continuity that Sudfeld might provide. But the bottom line is if, if, if Hertz is a better quarterback, 
there's no point in in delaying it. And and frankly, I don't know if if they would cut Sudfeld just because in a, in a year like this you want quarterback depth. I've been but thinking the, about that. But but the contract they they gave him it's certainly not uh, cumbersome or or burdensome for them to to just just part ways with him. Yeah, I wonder. I I think it's probably unlikely that they would just cut him because this does seem like a year in which you probably want to have three quarterbacks on the roster. But I don't know. Is it is it that big of a difference between having Wentz and Hurts and then you know like re-signing Kyle Lalletta to the practice squad or something like that? I don't know. It's probably not worth it to save whatever money you would save from not having Sudfeld. But uh, yeah, if it were another year, I think that would be on the table. I don't think the money is the question. I think it's more the roster spot, you know, mm-hmm. and I would say probably in a, in a year when there are, I guess you can say expanded rosters. I, I mean, 16 practice squad spots. Yeah. You can protect some of them. You can promote two guys the week of the game. Uh, I think that it's, it's, it's a year when you'd be more inclined to go with three quarterbacks. Now it was a little bit drizzly this morning. So I'm curious, um, did you take the bike for a spin? Is this going to be an ongoing question? Um, yes, I I did uh, go on a bike ride this morning. Nice. Uh, you knew that too because we discussed it at practice. So it wasn't. I wasn't the one who asked it at practice. No, no. Uh, uh, Daniel Gallon asked 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 me, and Elliot Shore Parks asked me. Both. Go Terps. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I had a nice bike ride this morning and was back at. At what seven thirty a.m. and so did you did you go with the headphones? Yes, I did. Um, okay. And I I was mindful of what was said yesterday, uh, but the reality is I'm I'm not on a main road that often. I'm on a main road for like twelve fifteen blocks, and then I'm on the trail. And you knowing how fast you go on that bad boy, that's about no. I like really I really seconds. don't go. I really don't go very fast. A matter of fact, uh, well, first of all, I don't know why we're going down this rabbit hole, but. But Elliot Shore Parks was saying that I I need to put more miles on it. He he was disappointed by my mileage. Four point five. Yeah, he he said I need more than four point five. Well, I am curious how you went from ten to four and a half. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I can tell you, but it's embarrassing to say. The uh, I was looking at at at, at the screen and the miles per hour uh, that oh. I, yeah so. I should be doing better than 10 miles per hour, but you got to remember you're, you're stopping and starting and there's city traffic. So anyways, okay. that's, that's well besides the point. Eh, that's debatable. I think our listeners are pretty, pretty invested in Zach, the, the bike rider. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was raining at practice today. Uh, they did not have helmets on. They, they, it was, it was just a glorified walkthrough. What were your impressions? Uh, that was about it. Okay. Um, there was nothing. There was nothing else injury-wise. I mean, we got to see uh, again just a walkthrough. They're barely moving, but JJ Arthega Whiteside was uh, working with the nominal first team. It was him and Rager as the top two wide receivers at one point when there was no Deshaun Jackson. Uh, although Deshaun also was part of the walkthrough, so I mean that's what you would expect. It's not like they're gonna put him behind Deontay Burnett, but um, you know at least he was out there. Yeah, I'm curious when the pads come on and. Uh, and and there's more action for JJ. How much work he's getting with the ones? He's more of a natural X than Rager is. But like we've discussed, having Rager and Deshaun on the field together is interesting. Uh, what else do you even have in your notes? I have 1,600 words of notes. So please wow. check them out. Uh, 
Now there was there's some more injury stuff that that we didn't discuss. Dallas Goddard also day to day, and that meant Joshua Perkins, your boy, was mm. was getting work with uh, the ones. Um, he is the number three tight end now. But Noah Tangiai, and I pronounced it correctly. You did, yes. Okay, I didn't pronounce it correctly on the sideline, and I appreciate the correction. Um, he was getting some 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 work with the ones as well. Fletcher Cox planned maintenance day. Sidney Jones uh, was was day to day with a lower body injury. Uh, some other notes from the practice: Jalen Rager on the on the punt returns did have one muff. Um, yeah, he's fun. had a, he's had a little bit of a trouble. Uh, yeah, three and three. Those, yeah, it's three and three days now. Now I think it might be even more than that. Okay, well, like fully muffed, well, I guess. Okay. But there are somewhere it's like he, he struggles to to get it in, but it's not technically a muff, I guess. And it was interesting. Um, Darren Sproles, who's a personnel consultant for the Eagles, but has been working as as a coach this summer, is on the field. And Deuce Staley in his press conference this morning was asked about. Uh, how Darren Sproles helps the running backs. And I, I thought Deuce gave a pretty good answer when he said he specifically mentioned uh, Rager as a returner and, and, and how Sproles is helping him there. Uh, he said some of the things when it, it comes to, no matter if it's a high ball, a short ball, long ball, stuff like that, how to read the punter's walk down, just stuff that's valuable information, that comes from a vet like him. So uh, I point that out because – when Rager was catching the punts today, you had Sproles right there in his hip pocket. Uh, and so I, I think that is a relationship to watch as well. What do you think is a better, um, a better nickname for you, bike-wise? Egg Lamond, which is, you know, a bird reference. We get a bird pun in there. Or we lean on the, we lean on the calf thing and you are uh, Lance Calf Strong. I think you are really overstating this. Uh, I'm, I'm not – I mean, there are really intense bike riders who, who I respect. They, they, they get these arduous workouts. That's, that's – no, I, I, I think you're really overstating this. Marissa, which one do you like better? The Lance one, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lance Calfstrong it is. Yep. Uh, okay. What else, uh, what else did you think, Zach? I guess, I mean, we can talk about what we heard from the guys after practice yeah. and also the coaches um, before practice, but was there anything else? So yes, yeah, so a few other notes here. Uh, Nate Gary was practicing long snapping. Uh, Gary mm. hasn't long snapped in a game since he was a sophomore at Washington high Nothing, school. Nothing, few things that beat writers like more than a, than a backup, <laughs> backup long, long snapper. Yeah. In, in, in Dallas Sioux Goddard Falls. has done it as yeah. well. Yeah. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, something with the Dakotas and the long snapping, I guess. Mm, they got um, nothing else to do up there. They all they, they can practice long snapping all day long. Well, uh, Nate Gary, as, as we, we spoke to him, him today, uh, confirmed that he, he did contract COVID-19, mm. uh, when he got to careful to say, yeah, that it wasn't in the Dakotas. <laughs> it was in New Jersey. He said when it was in South New Dakota, Jersey. he said when it was in, when he was in South Dakota, it was just something you read about on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when he got to New Jersey, that's, that's when he contracted it, uh, said it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mostly asymptomatic, although then he, he did say he, he had some muscle aches. For yeah, a few so days. he wasn't asymptomatic, but, <laughs> but, but, but lightly, he lightly symptomatic, I guess. Yes. Um, but so, yes, yeah, so Nate Gary back in practice, practicing long snapping, uh, some other observations. Yeah, Jason Peters was you 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 had the first team offensive line right intact in today because because Peters was out there. 
still kind of odd seeing 71 between 62 and 65. Just because um, number-wise it shouldn't go in between those two? No, you're just used to seeing Jason Peters on that. You're playing Racco? You ever played Racco? I have not played Racco. What's Mm. that? Uh, it's a game where you have to put your num. You have to you have cards that all have numbers, and you got to put your numbers in order. You have like you can make one move per turn, and then you pick a card. It's it's a pretty good game. I've not played it. Um, yeah, we, so, it would help you with your game theory, I think. <laughs> I don't think my 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 game theory is as bad as it's made out to be. I think it's well, more. Listen, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. No, but but look, I'm I'm guilty as charged in in some of these games. What I'll, I I'll say is that. In a lot of these cases, I don't know the rules of the game. It's very important <laughs> to know the rules of engagement. And so uh, it's described to you in hour in 20 minutes into a podcast at, at 9 o'clock at, at, at night. You're tired. Uh, you've had a long day. And not listening to the nuances of the rules. And, and so I would like if we get these, these games, like send a rundown ahead of time. You know, that I, what I fun is that? Well, it's much more fun for the fans to be able to get you to react in real time. (laughs) Uh, So I I knew I need to work with I need to work on my game theory on on the fly. But I think having an understanding of the rules will be advantageous. Uh, So the first team defense was on the field with Duke Riley in nickel. Hmm. And uh, as you pointed out to me and as I wrote down in the notes that it, it might be situation dependent, whether it's Riley or TJ Edwards as the second nickel. And there was a weird period yesterday where it was actually Edwards and Riley and Gary was on the sideline. And I didn't know if he had like, you know, picked up a quick little, uh, you know, bump or bruise and then went back in. But I think they're really just rotating those guys through. Um, I mean, Duke Riley, like he's a good special teams player, but he should not be playing defense. He was on the field a couple times last year when they did those like four linebacker packages. And I have like two specific vivid memories of him just getting dusted in coverage. Like uh, it's a, it's a bad idea. I would much rather find out if TJ Edwards can do it than try to see Duke Riley do it again. Interestingly, he has the most starting experience of any linebacker on the roster. Yeah, by far. Yeah. Um, and he, he did his, yeah, he, he was a starter for a team that yeah. then traded him. That's true. Gave up a pick to get Jonathan Cipri. And that tells you how yeah. much they thought of him. Yeah. Uh, did his, his press conference in a mask today. Mm-hmm. Now, what'd you mean? He was, uh, nobody asked him about the, uh, Ed Orgeron stuff. Cause was he even there with Orgeron? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would believe so. At least in the interim. I'm trying here. to think of when Orgeron got, Orgeron got yeah. there. But yeah. anyway, yeah. He was very heavily decked out in his LSU gear. In the, in the Bayou Bengals. Yeah. Uh, so, so what else? Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman taking snaps on the outside with the third-team defense. That's, that's relevant because they're clearly preparing Roby Coleman to play on the outside if Slay is following a receiver on the inside. Uh, so just kind of store that one away. Uh, also, the second-team offensive line, if we want to just roll through the depth chart notes, um, remember a couple days ago, it was Jeriga snapping and Herbig at right guard, but that was without Jason Peters on the field. Yep. So uh, the trickle-down effect of having Peters was today it was probably the second-team offensive line you would expect, which was uh, Mylotta at left tackle, Sua Opeta at left guard, Herbig at center, Pryor at right guard, and uh, Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Well said. 
Uh, scrolling on down through the notes here. We don't need a Cam Johnston note. Yeah, I mean, leave a little bit, leave, yeah. leave a little bit of meat um, left on the bone for people to read <laughs> on the Athletic, and of course, you can subscribe at theathletic.com/slash/birds-with-friends yeah. for forty percent off. A lot of eleven to eighty-six today. Um, so I, out of curiosity, I, I, I looked up how many times um, Wentz has targeted Ertz in a game in his career. And it is 158 more targets than the next on the list. Can you guess Ooh, two, two, three, four, and five? Two can I guess. Two, three, four, and five. Let's see if I can do it without a mistake. Okay. Um, okay. Well, Aguilar's got to be in there. Yes. Which, which number, though? Oh, I have to guess specifically? Okay. Oh, yes, uh, yes. I would guess he has to be two. Correct. He's, he has 277. Ertz is 435. Okay. Um, I think I think Alshon has to be three. Correct. 257. Uh, or, I'm sorry. Aguilar was 277. Alshon, 257. Okay. Um, let's see. 16. I mean, I think, uh, I think Sproles could be in there. Uh, I mean, a lot of, there's so much turnover here. Um, I think, I think Sproles is four. Incorrect. Ooh, is he five? Incorrect. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, then it's, then it's just a high volume one or two year guy. So, uh, unless I'm forgetting somebody, I mean, is, I mean, there's someone who, who Carson loves so much, it would drive him to the airport. Oh, Trey Burton? No, Jordan Matthews. Oh, Jordan Matthews. Yes. Oh, okay. Jordan I guess Matthews that makes is, sense. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Matthews is four. A high and volume then, that one year. Okay. And then, and then number five is um, somebody who at a sports bar last year, they watched a college football game together. Uh, okay, it was Goddard. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, a high volume two years. I thought that might – I thought I figured Sproles – being there for four years might trickle him over, but no, I guess not. And the sports bar reference to all our, our listeners is a reference to Bo's story on Carson's North Dakota roots last year. Make sure there you, you check that one out in the archive. There you go. That was a good, that was a good impromptu too. Can you, I like that. One. Yeah. Um, uh, Rager had the best play of the day. I thought, which was a leaping catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, it was really the only kind of play that stood out and it was about 80 yards from where I was standing, but you saw him, him leap up to get it showing that 42 inch vertical leap yeah i feel like and i think i think i said this when we were talking about just all of the receivers uh you know the way that we viewed them in the, in the you know scouting them ourselves those top 10 receivers and i think it has sort of shown up i think that rigor moves the way that he tested like i don't think that he is super explosive fast like in a straight line but where he where his athleticism really does show out is when he's uh trying to be explosive either vertically or side to side. Um, and we've seen a couple times him really like sky up for an intended pass. Well said. Well said. Uh, when I was, I was going through the vertical leaps at the, at the combine, uh, Donovan people Jones, man, what an athlete he was. Yeah, but he I mean, is, what right? a bad player he must be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, just an unproductive player. We should yeah. say. Uh, and, and yeah, so, so those are the, the, the main takeaways from the notes. There are a few others in there that uh, you can check out on the athletic. Those will be posted by the time you listen to this podcast. 
This morning, we got to talk to, before practice, we spoke to uh, Deuce Staley and Marquand Manuel. This is our first time talking to Marquand Manuel. I, I, uh, I liked the Marquand Manuel. So did I. I'm sorry you didn't get a question in, though. Yeah, that was all right. I, I got a Deuce question in. You can't, yes. you can't, you can't win them all. Yeah, like a good Deuce question in. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was enough talk about, you know, what what his like 10-day period of being the head coach was like because obviously this is a guy who wants to be a head coach. Yeah. Uh, Book so, of secrets. Know, yeah, he's got a, he's he's got his little I love these this is like a good uh, you know, classic football guy thing is you've got your like You've got your notebook of ideas for when you get the big job one day. And so he's got, yeah, he's got his book of secrets. Yes. Different than the, uh, the chamber of secrets, I believe. You should, yeah, you should, you should, you should always keep a list. So, well, I got a different kind of list. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I took Shield's advice uh, for my Deuce Daily question. Uh, Shield told us on the, on the pod, we should, examine more about the offensive meeting room yeah i heard that that was very funny yeah it was but, very a to b yeah but uh deuce did not really give us much just just mm. they all collaborate doug peterson's in the room too uh so i i was hoping for a little more detail there uh deuce deuce didn't give the book of secrets on that one um and yeah so then you mentioned manual is it's it's manual correct i, I think so yeah uh not Manuel, Manuel, uh, like like Charlie. Not not Juan Samuel. <laughs> um, and, and Mark Juan had, I'll I'll see the floor to you. What do you think of the Sidney Jones answer? Uh, you know, I I actually thought that um, what he so the it started because he was talking about how uh, when he first talked to Sidney Jones after getting a job, he said, you know, you got to do these three things. But it did seem to me like he he meant these are the three things he asks of everybody. Um, not just like Sidney Jones, you in particular have to follow these things. And I think that was sort of the way it was taken by, uh, by some of the people in the press conference. I, I did think that it was more universal. This is what I ask of guys. And I believe those three things were be accountable, compete daily, and be willing to learn. Those should apply for all our jobs. There you go. Confidence goes a long way in this league. Those should, that should apply for all our jobs, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought what, I feel like uh, confidence as a writer can get you in trouble. Overconfidence can, Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a healthy, a healthy dose of imposter syndrome is really what it's all about. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Yes. Uh, but, uh, like, like Don Van Natta says, uh, yeah, you need to be the king of your story. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I need to feel that way. I'm looking forward to a, to a bow banger. That's that. That's what you call it, correct? Mm, yeah. One of those stories that when you do the podcast the next day, you're, you know, you're, you're I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you throw up on on the podcast last year? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And uh, somehow, and somehow, I learned the lesson to make that into two stories and make it even longer. <laughs> but those, but those stories are often your best stories. So, your Jason Kelsey one this mm. year. That that's an example of it. Okay. Well, I mean, one a year. Uh, anyway, uh, did you, was there anything else you thought was interesting from Coach Manuel? I, th- I thought what he was saying about Darius Slay, um, you know, he, he, he said what, what struck him about Darius Slay that he didn't know from afar was, was how eager Slay is to learn, um, which, you know, might be a, a generic thing, but it was, it, it was interesting because, because Manuel could go a lot of different ways with that answer 
and he focused on that. Well, it was funny because he, he, he did this twice during the press conference. One, he said like, oh, you know, uh, something a lot of people might not know about Darius Slay is that he's, you know, he's really eager to learn. It's like, oh, that's good. Like, that's true. Like everybody focuses yeah. on how good he is as a player. Uh, you might, you know, you probably wouldn't uh, expect that he's such a theoretically, a, you know, a, a voracious uh, appetite for getting better. And then later he goes, well, you know, it's something you guys might not know about me. I love football. Like, well, you know, Mark, <laughs> one, I don't want to, I don't want to judge yeah. a book by its cover, but you're a football coach. If I had to guess, I might think that you loved football. <laughs> Tell Danny Watkins that, right? Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, no, that's a, that's a good point. Also, he, he pulled out that something else you might not know, which in, in, in his defense is something a lot of people wouldn't know, except Ronnie McLeod told us this, that he coached Ronnie McLeod at the East West Shrine game. Uh, and that yeah. he told, he, he told McLeod, uh, that, that he's going to have a, a, a 10-year career at, at safety. McLeod was playing corner in, in the East-West Shrine game after moving from, from corner to safety at Virginia. Uh, mm. And I, I, uh, if I, if I can do a little flex here to, mm. to, to, to use your terminology, Take a whiff. I actually covered McLeod's uh, transition from corner to safety at, at UVA. Mm, whiff that bad boy. I remember, I, I, I remember that distinctly. I, I, in, my, uh, in, in my Gmail – if you, if you if you type in McLeod and you, you scroll all the way down, you can find a lot of notes from like 2009 on McLeod. Are you willing to give our listeners your Gmail password so that they can scroll and read those notes? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so does it have something to do with your honeymoon? Definitely not. No. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so, anyways, so McLeod, it was. I I thought what what he said about McLeod. And this touched on something we discussed with Sheil, might have been a week and a half ago, when he said, he said, McLeod wasn't Jenkins' little brother, uh, which I thought was an interesting way of phrasing it, that, that so much right. has been made of the storyline that, like, Rodney... And I do think that too much is made of that. Yeah, and, and Rodney has, has been consistent. We've spoken to him now three times since he signed, and he's been consistent. Like, he's viewed himself as a leader ever since he signed in 2016. He wasn't like an undrafted guy when he got here. Mm -hmm. He was an established player that they signed decent money to. Malcolm Jenkins, as, as we know, just through sheer force of personality, um, is going to have a big presence. Uh, but that's not to, to, to diminish the fact that McLeod has had a presence in this, in this locker room for the past four years. And uh, one thing I asked Rodney McLeod about was, uh, it does seem a little bit just in these first couple of days of practice, like uh, he and, and Mills are not quite set in their roles as much as he and Jenkins were, where Jenkins was the box guy and Rodney was the deep guy. Um, and he said, what, what, I, he gave an interesting answer, which is that it's not necessarily that they're more interchangeable this year. It's that they're still trying to figure it out. Um, mm. They're still just figuring out what's going to work best for the defense. So that, I mean, that's kind of interesting, right? They're they're just sort of figuring this out on the fly. They maybe didn't have exactly a uh, a set plan for Jalen Mills, or am I or am I making too much of uh, what was just a, sort of an impromptu press conference answer? I think you will. I think you're making too much of it. Not in that it was an impromptu press conference answer, but I take it they're they're figuring it out because um, it's. I think they had one way they wanted to use Malcolm, and I I, I just think that uh, not having Malcolm all of a sudden you can kind of reset 
and change some things. So you can change the way you use both of them. Now, that being said, uh, McLeod did blitz a little more um, or, or, or he was used a, a little more inside last year. But you are right. He's mostly been that deep safety. And you are seeing them mix and match a bit. Well, and also, if you read the uh, piece on the defense from Monday, he did miss a lot of tackles last year, Rodney McLeod. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he's he's ready to uh, become Malcolm Jenkins in the middle. No, no. And it, it has been pretty consistent, would you say, that Jalen Mills has has been the one covering tight ends? I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anything else from the guys we heard from today? We talked also to Gary, Greg Ward, and uh, who am I missing? And Duke Riley. Oh, yeah. and, and Andre Dillard. We spoke to Andre Dillard. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was good speaking to Dillard finally. First time this offseason. I was in the car while we were doing it. Um, and uh, Keep that between you and Andre. <laughs> uh, and Dillard. Let's see. So – Put on he, 20 pounds without yeah. any, adding any body fat percentage, and he thinks he really uh, has felt the difference strength-wise yes. th- through uh, practice so far. Yeah, regarding uh, Jason Peters said he's the guy for the job. Andre said he feels confident he's, he's, he's the guy for the job. There's always going to be pressure, but he's, he's ready to show he's the guy for the job. Um, said uh, he feels like – there's just more trust with 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 Stoutland now. Is is that accurate? That, yeah, that they, 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 he know they know each other better. Yes. He knows how Stoutland likes to coach, and Stoutland knows yep. how he likes to be coached. Yeah, uh, was asked by Shields' favorite reporter um, about that rep that you wrote about, and in, mm. in, and uh, and he said he wasn't like thrilled with the rep, but but the his. His teammates were. His teammates. Which is all the more reason why it was like very silly. Right? Like, what are we gassing this guy up for? Yeah. Uh, So that was interesting. And then, um, yeah. So that was, it was, it was nice to talk to Dillard. Okay. Uh, All right. You got anything else or should we get to this, uh, this toucan you I have for you? Well, uh, you know, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. Uh, There you are. Uh, Good point. They're exciting to watch and they're also exciting to bet on. Uh, sure, the regular season is fun, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is having skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Basketball has I'm not going to make my uh, Hamilton uh, reference anymore after Kirk Cousins was seen on video rapping to him, or quote-unquote rapping to Hamilton. So that's, that's out for me from now on. Okay. Uh, basketball has made its way through the regular season. Now it's time to crown a champion and DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you in the center of the action to celebrate basketball's first round of the playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you an amazing free bet offer for every day that you bet at least, at least $20 on basketball. DraftKings Sportsbook will give you a $10 free bet. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, quarter by quarter betting, and so much more. Please don't forget about hockey's playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a great odds and promotions all week long to help you make it rain. That's rain, R-A-I-G-N. DraftKings Sportsbook Mm. is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS, T-O-S-S, when you sign up. For a limited time, all users get 
a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20-plus on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo code TOSS, T-O-S-S, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLING. Why do you think they went with the rain R-E-I-G-N there? I'm wondering that, actually. <laughs> Feels like the wrong one, don't you think? Uh, I guess make it rain like you're the, like you're you're the king, the, you're the king but... of, of your bets. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to Should, figure can out. Can we that. call out their copy? I think that's fair. I mean, you know, we've, we've been gassing them up pl- plenty, I think, you know. Sure. Um, no, that's, that's, that is interesting. I'm just, I'm just reading what's said or well, I'm just reading what's written. Well, we have another uh, new sponsor for this episode. Let's, uh, let's let them get a word in. And finally, Zach, uh, on the ad front, you know, we gave our, uh, our love to EJ yesterday as the top earnest in the game. But I'm curious, uh, you know, I assume that Ernie from Sesame Street, Bert and Ernie fame, I assume that he's an earnest. Wouldn't you, would, you think that's a fair assumption? I would too, yes. Did you, were you struck in your uh, Sesame Street watching that Bert and Ernie seem much less a part of the show than you remembered? I don't do much watching when it's on, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah, no, I, I, it's on. My son will watch it, but usually I'm, I'm doing something else. You're using it. Time. You're using it as an excuse to get something else done. Yes. Yes. Okay. But there is, there, my, my son's bedroom is, is, is Elmo, Bert, and Ernie uh, all over the place. So okay. I, I see a lot of Bert and Ernie every day. I think Bert and Ernie are much less a part of the show than at least in my mind they were when I was growing up. But I didn't watch it growing up. That's interesting. What did you watch growing up? Uh, Belichick videos? <laughs> uh, like Sports Center, yeah. Coaching tape? Uh, yeah. Not coaching okay. tape, no. Well, uh, Zach, now is the time to get your student loan payments under control. You could be saving by refinancing your student loans with earnest. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple of years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with earnest. Even if you refinanced before, with today's low rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes. Then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment? Combine many loans into one easy payment or get a better rate? Earnest, that's E-A-R-N-E-S-T, makes it easy. Of course, we love the nest on Birds with Friends. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, double plus, the internet loves Earnest's customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. Triple plus, we've got a special promo code for you. You can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash birds. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at earnest.com slash birds, not available in all states. Visit earnest.com slash birds for more details. Terms and conditions apply. 
Ernest student loan refinance loans are made by Ernest Operations LLC NMLS number 120-4917, California Financing Law License number 605-4788-303 Second Street, Suite 401N, San Francisco, California, zip code 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. There you go. All right. Best ad reader. What's that? You are the best ad reader in the company. In the company? I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, we've all got to be good at something. Uh, okay, I've got some toucan news for you. Are Let's you ready? It. Yes. First, toucan you name, Zach Berman, the only player on the Eagles roster whose jersey number is also his listed height. That's a good one. Uh, so it's got to be someone in the sixes. Okay. It's, it's, it's only someone in the sixes, obviously, because I don't know what Boston Scott was number. Yeah, but he's not. So, um, and so let's, let's see here. Uh, I, I mean, I, I trying to think here. Um, I'm working out. I mean, it's not, it's not her big, uh, Kelsey's six, he's six foot two, isn't he? I believe he is listed as six three. He's listed six three. Okay, that might. I was gonna say that might be generous, but who am I to talk, right? <laughs> um, I mean, you're a reporter. If you think it's a lie, you know, uh, the fact is a fact. Yeah, I mean, not it's it's not Matt Pryor. Um, oh, Jordan Mailata, sixty eight. He's six it foot is eight. Jordan Mailata, six eight. Okay. There you go. Nicely worked okay. out. Uh, okay, I've got uh, I got four more for you. They all start with the the more football focused ones, and then okay. get a little bit uh, off of that as we go on. Two, can you name the top five leaders in special teams snaps for the Eagles in 2019? That I can. Uh, Nate Gary, number one. Number one. Uh, and you I, don't have to get them in order, I think. But if I don't you do, if, if you do, that's all the more impressive. Uh, T.J. Edwards is on that list. T.J. Edwards number two. T.J. Edwards had T.J. Edwards had one fewer snap than Nate Gary. Um, Gary, if you notice on the like week by week, as he became more of a full time player in the defense, his special team snaps went down, which obviously makes sense. I'm going to go with Craig James. Great he was up guess. There, he was up there in tackles last year. Great guess. Craig James is fifth, Ooh. and I think that's that's interesting because I'm not so sure that Craig James. Like, isn't going to make the team. Isn't um, I think he? I think I think like nobody would even consider a possibility that Craig James makes the roster. I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, look for for special teams purposes, he was ahead of Sidney Jones last year, as as yeah. as, as we know. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm gonna go with. Um, I mean, some of their 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 core guys they acquired middle of the year, but I'll still go Duke Riley. That's correct. Duke Riley is number four. So then I'm looking for a three. Um, can I say Alex Singleton? Like, is 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 that Singleton, or was or did he come up later on? Is that your guess or no? Uh well, Rudy Ford missed some time. Rudy Ford would be my guess. And then you got your you got your I mean, Sendejo was only half the year. Uh, Malcolm and Rodney both played special teams, but yeah, I'm 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 going with uh, Singleton. Alex Singleton is incorrect. Ooh, who is it? It, it is Rasul Douglas. Interesting. Okay, three in special team snaps last year. Okay, so there you go. Uh, next up, 
Two can you name, Zach Berman? Uh, you know, we've had – we talk about the Eagles re-signing guys. Two can you name the three players on the Eagles roster? I think you should be able to get this one pretty easily. The three players who have played for a different team in the NFL in between stints with the Eagles. Yeah, I should be able to get this easily. Uh, Vinny Curry. Correct. Um, so that's uh, the obvious one. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Correct. That's, that's, that's another obvious one. And then – is there a less obvious one here? Um, trying to think here. Someone who was gone and came back. Uh, hmm. So it was probably someone who, who was – trying to think here. Uh, I mean, this is bad podcasting, right? Eh, what are they? We're, uh, they're, they're, it's a captive audience. <laughs> Um, I mean, what? Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 not any of their older guys. Um, could it be? I was gonna say. I, I was, try to just give you the answer. Oh, Anthony Rush. Yes. yes. Okay. But does Anthony Rush count because he 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 wasn't in a regular season game before they cut him? I never I said thinking, they had to play a regular season game. I said okay. between stints with the Eagles. Between stints with the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks two more. Yeah, yeah, thank you for the hint. You. <laughs> you're very welcome. Uh, two more. This one is difficult. I don't think you're going to be able to get all eight. But two can you name the eight players in the NFC East who are former Eagles. So on the three other teams in the division, there are eight former Eagles on those rosters. I think you're going to be able to get five of the eight. Um, if right, you, if you do better than that, I will be very impressed. Honestly, I haven't spent much time right now studying the other okay. rosters. Uh, I, I mean, I there there. I imagine there's some obvious ones. Um, trying to think here. Do you want to save this one? Yeah, let me save this one. Let me save okay. this one. I mean, I'm sure. I, I mean, I like there's some obvious ones like uh, Ronald Darby yes. is is an obvious one. Uh, Golden Tate is an obvious one. Um, but beyond that... Let's go through it. I'm going to give you the initials. Okay. Okay. Uh, there are two players on Washington. One is Ronald Darby. The other is a player who uh, has been re-signed by the Eagles several times before he went to Washington. And it's sort of a joke on the podcast. Uh, he's, he's a joke. I mean, they, they had Trayvon... Big hitter. They had Hester Hits last bombs. Year. Oh, oh yes, Richard Rogers, of course. Yes, Richard yes. Rogers. And I didn't know they signed him because his his father's an assistant. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And and he was signed. He was one of the early free agents to sign, which we were surprised right. about. Yes. Uh, there are two former Eagles on the Cowboys roster. One of them is an Eagles draft pick. Oh, Clayton Thorson. That's right, Clappin Thorpin. Yes. Uh, the other one, uh, a very short-lived Eagles career, and the Eagles traded for him. Uh, after the Super Bowl, they traded. Daryl Worley. Daryl Worley. Charter's own, right? There you yes. go. Uh, all right. The other three players on there are four on the Giants. One of them being Golden Tate. Uh, one of them was an original uh, undrafted signing by the Eagles this year and was released before camp. Oh, Prince Smith. Prince okay. Smith. Nicely yes, done. I saw that one. Uh, the other one is um, a player who. 
uh, was drafted by the Eagles and is a favorite of a football personality on Twitter. Favorite of a football personality on Twitter. Who helped acquire the player. Oh, uh, Deion Lewis, right? That's correct. Yeah, okay, Joe Banner. And yeah. the last Joe one. Joe more than football personality. Former yeah, but I, yeah, but I didn't want to totally give it away. Uh, former athletic contributor, yes. And the last one is the, the most difficult. Uh, this player has played for several teams throughout his NFL career, never played a game with the Eagles, but was an undrafted uh, member of their camp as a rookie on offense. Uh, he has the initials of a best picture winning movie in the eighties. The best picture thing doesn't help me out. <laughs> um, yeah, but think about it because the movie itself is the initials. Was E.T. A, a best picture? Yes. Okay. So there is an E.T. on their offense. Um, this was 2015 when he was in the Eagles camp. All right. So that was Chips last year. Uh, yeah. And I was very invested in covering that team. Um, I mean, I, I feel bad for our, our listeners here. So... Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. That hitting you is really good. Yeah. I hope you got it. Oh, uh, long hair. Ty- uh, yes. Tomlinson, Eric Tomlinson. You got Eric it. Tomlinson. Okay. Nicely done. Eric okay. Tomlinson. Yes. There you go. You got all eight. All right. This last one, I think you're going to like, I feel like this is me giving you a gift that you get to think of it this way. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I think you're going to enjoy this one. I want you uh, to, can you name the seven players on the Eagles roster? who went to college at a school that won the NCAA basketball tournament in your lifetime? This is a very uh, uh, esoteric question here. Um, I hope our, our listeners enjoy this. I mean, I'll start with the obvious, and that's UVA, okay? Uh, so you got Roddy McLeod. Correct. On UVA. Uh, no Duke guys on the roster. Um, trying to think here. I'm just going the ACC. Um, I mean, Maryland won one in my lifetime, but I don't think they have shout any Maryland guys. Yes. Yeah. Shout out Marissa. I don't think they have any Maryland guys, obviously Carolina. Uh, but I don't think they have any Carolina guys either on their roster. Um, and so those are the ACC schools. Um, I mean, let me go pac 12. Uh, I mean, Arizona, Obviously, in UCLA. UCLA, they have uh, uh, they have Caleb Wilson. Nicely done. And then Arizona, um, oh, they got Parks, Will Parks. Nicely done. From Arizona. Um, let's go SEC. Oh, Florida, obviously. Um, so they got to have some Florida guys, right? I mean, I, I know they have a bunch of Florida State guys. Uh, do, do coaches count or GMs count? No, GMs do not count. Okay. Mark on manual, by the way, I think he was there when Howie was there, interestingly enough. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think they hung out in the same circles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is it, it it is interesting that they don't have they they don't have a Florida guy. They I'm do trying not. to thank you. Yeah. Wow. I I gotta ask Howie about that. That is very unhowie like. Um LSU has Ingram, man, walking through that door. LSU hasn't won in my lifetime. Um, uh, nor will they <laughs> uh, Arkansas 
the Corliss Williams and Scotty Thurman team. Um, and they have Jason Peters. That's on correct. Their uh, how many more do I need here? You have three more. Three more. So Big Ten. Um, you know, so Michigan State. Uh, oh, my God, Raekwon, right? There you go. And, I, and do they have any other Michigan Staters? Um, has Indiana won in my lifetime? Uh, oh, yeah. For you to of, answer. of course, 87 against Syracuse. Keith Smart from the corner, right? Yes. Uh, so, Nate, so Nate Sudfeld. Yes, they have one more. One more. And I'm thinking Big Ten here. But I don't know if there's another Big Ten school in my lifetime that has um, – that has won it. Uh, Ohio State hasn't won it in my lifetime, have they? No, obviously not. Uh, I shouldn't say obviously not. That's kind of rude. Uh, I mean, I think Thad Mata had a coming. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, they were there against Florida that night. I remember watching that one. Uh, that the that Ohio State team. It was like you know, it was it was always uh, OCC Odin Conley and Cook. They were like a package yeah. deal, and and uh, so, like it was very apparently they were close to going awake. And oh, so, really? like, inst- they almost chose Wake instead of Ohio State. But no way. Odin, Odin wanted to go to Ohio State. Well, I think it was Conley almost went to, uh, almost went to Wake. But there was a day, there was a day where they were like visiting campus. That was a very exciting day as as freshmen. Did you see them? No. Um. So let's go. Let's let's go Big Twelve. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't won in my lifetime, and Texas hasn't won in my lifetime. I don't even know if they have a Texas player. They have a bunch of TCU guys. They obviously haven't won in my lifetime. Uh, oh, they do have a Texas player, though. Um, uh, I this is bad podcast. I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, the listeners knowing that, uh, you know, what your rooting interest was as a child, they are going to be disappointed, and you're going to be disappointed in yourself. I was a Michigan fan as a child. Yes. Um, oh, Michigan did win my life. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, of course. Ramon Robinson, free throws. Uh, so obviously Brandon Graham. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Sorry. Seven. Sorry about that. I, I kept thinking about the Fab Five, and I was not thinking about that 89 team against Seton Hall, right? Yeah. Glenn Rice, right? Yep. Uh, they had Lloyd Vaught on, on that team, I, I, I believe. Yeah. So that was a good go. game. That it's was a good seven. game. I thought you might like that. Yes. I, I, I don't know if our listeners did, but. They probably liked seeing the, uh, the way your mind worked. If, if you're what, 50 minutes in or 45 minutes into a podcast of on the third day of practice, then, hmm. then, then, then I appreciate you. All right. Well, uh, that will do it for this episode of birds with friends. We will be back tomorrow. I believe Sheila is going to practice. So we'll have uh, Sheila again. I don't know if we're going to do, uh, prime time or video or not tomorrow we'll we'll let you know uh tomorrow check our check our twitter feeds do you it's think they're possible, hitting tomorrow it's possible the eagles will be hitting tomorrow um we have heard they're going to hit twice in these this 10-day period which would make us think that one of them is going to be in the first five days i think they're going to hit tomorrow and then try to have like a walkthrough on friday that's my guess and then have the day off because they have a day off on saturday but yeah. uh, it's possible they they hit on friday and then have the day off on saturday and for a little behind the music here or behind the scenes, uh, Bo and I rotate on the practice yeah. observations. And it was, it was done like this, this, this wasn't like a, a sinister thing. It was done completely arbitrary. 
uh, you know, Bo took uh, Tuesday, I take Wednesday, Bo takes Thursday, I take Friday. If if I get the two walkthroughs, <laughs> Bo, gets, <laughs> Bo gets the first day of pads and the first day of hitting, uh, <laughs> then I'm, I'm, I'm going to think Bo conspired just for the better practice. Well, it's funny because there were a lot of people who would be like, you're getting the easy stick because you don't, you know, there's not much to write about. But from your perspective, I know that it's not that way. Yeah, no, no, no. You want like substantive material. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, please check out those practice reports because we put a lot of effort in, into in, into them. I mean, you know, check out the check out the uh, rundown of the players on the roster if you really <laughs> yes. want something that took yes. effort. But you know, that's okay. Yeah, that too. All right. Well, uh, for Lance Calfstrong himself, I am uh, employee number two, and for Marissa as well, and Sheila and Absentia, as always, thanks for listening, and we love you. Friends.